Welcome to A Builder's House. My name is Lauren Markham and joining me as part of the Divine Room series is Mon Palmer. Mon, thanks so much for chatting with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Lauren. This is fantastic. I can't wait to chat all things houses with you. You call yourself a designer of spaces and things, especially gardens, but on A Builder's House, we're all about talking about building and design professionals. So for those Mm -hmm. that don't know, what are your qualifications? So what's your actual job and role? So my actual qualification is a landscape designer. So I studied horticulture and landscape design at TAFE, Murdoch in WA. And um, so, yeah, that's where I started my professional design journey. Um, But over the time, I found that, I don't know, I guess I look at spaces holistically. So I don't really group them into indoor and outdoor or, um, you know, one design Um, is not necessarily different to another design. I see um, the creative journey as a holistic thing. And so when I was looking at and designing outdoor spaces, I found that I was looking at the interior of the space and really wanting it to have that um, connection. When I started landscape design, I found that when I was going to start designing the space for the exterior, sometimes the clients had a very different idea of what they wanted outside to inside. And I found that very, um, like it was very jarring in my mind. I just thought it should all flow together and be as one. So as time went on, uh, clients started asking for advice um, indoors as well, sort of the connection between the indoor and outdoor space and then even further into that. And we also have recently renovated our own home and uh, I've designed products as well. So I see the creative and design uh, journey as one that sort of applies to anything that you feel to creating uh, and that's why I don't necessarily pigeonhole myself as a landscape designer now. You wear many hats, Mon. I tried to give a really short answer. But so in the Divine Room series, we're looking at your favourite room in your own home. Now you've picked your double void lounge room. Why this space? Yeah, so I picked this space because this is basically where we live. Um, Before we did the upstairs reno, it was just a two by one um, double brick and uh, colour bond roof home. And uh, since we've done the renovation, we haven't really moved further from that either. We still all hang in that space together. Um, And but why I really love it now is because we've done the double void and it faces north, it brings all of that northern light in, especially in the winter when the sun's like a bit lower. Uh, And it's just a beautiful uh, white light um, space that we love to hang out in and it overlooks our pool. So for being on a small block, we're on 224 square metres, it really does give that feeling of um, space, which is what we really needed when we were designing on a small block. Yeah, that's incredible that you fit such an amazing space on that small block. Now, you and Phil actually started building and designing this back in 2011. So, <laughs> the progression to get to this point of going up. So, yeah, we, um, we, when I met Phil, um, he was living in another house and then when we sort of first started seeing each other he'd purchased this block here and it was a small block but it's really close to Scarborough Beach it's about 500 meters from Scarborough Beach here in Perth and um, you know this area is such like a young vibrant young family uh, lifestyle space and um, you know people were a bit like wow that's a very small block because it was a divided into three but they're all green titles so they've all got their own um 
you know, title and their own frontage to the street, which was really good, really appealing, even though it was a small block. And um, when we designed it originally, we were, you know, we didn't have our um, little boy, Sebi, who's just turned three, and we wanted a really easy, like, lock and leave and travel. And so, yeah, we designed it as a two-by-one, just, you know, working within our means. We didn't want to overstretch ourselves. Um, I hadn't started up Slightly Garden Obsessed at that stage. Um but I had had previous businesses before and so we didn't want to financially stretch out. Um, so, yeah, we just built within our means and then with the, I guess, the idea of maybe extending or renovating in the future. And, um, yeah, I'm so glad we waited because my style was so different back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, I think all of our followers 100% relate to that. It changes all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, you know what? I see, like, someone messaged me on Instagram the other day. They, they said, "Oh, your house is looking so beautiful," and I said, "Oh, um, oh, that's good because we've like we've waited a long time for it, and we've sort of let it sit and marinate, <laughs> and yeah. um, we really have like not rushed it. And um, I think the beauty of that is that we really recognise what we've wanted from the space, and it's very true to our um, style. Um, and yeah, it has definitely evolved over the years so the one thing I want to ask I know you talked about the fluidity of the spaces from inside and outside I'm looking at a photo of these double voids now and we are talking about the internal space but what came first the chicken or the egg (laughs) you designed the outside of what you were going to see first or did you really think about the inside first when it came to these double void windows so it was the outside first <laughs> because it is how I sort of think and it's funny when like clients contact me they are always thinking about the outside more so than the the whole house like um it's funny when I started in landscape design um I think it was like 2008 um you know, people would be thinking about the landscape as an afterthought, like at the end of the whole process, and they wouldn't have much budget left. And now when I'm working with projects, they're thinking about it first, like, Mon, we're doing this project, we're going to do a renovation or a house build, like, um, we want to speak to you first before we, you know, work out how we're going to sort of live with inside. And it's really exciting. And I think people are really understanding the importance of an outdoor space. Um, But back to your question, yeah, we did, we did do, so our second stage was the outdoor area. So our first stage was the two by one build. And then once we sort of had enough money again, we did, um, so out where the pool was, it used to just be a concrete pad. And then where the black steel um, eye beams come down, that used to be a solid wall and that was our whole front outdoor space. And then beyond that was just a slope up to the council path. Um, so in this second stage, we wanted to reclaim all of our land because we are on such a small block. So we pushed the boundary wall out to the actual boundary near the front path um, and that became a flat lawn area and then we could put the pool in and create more of that, like, yeah, hangout space, I guess, in the northern light that sort of comes in. This double void lounge room itself, can you talk us through some of the dimensions? So how big's the space? How big are those windows? Yeah, so the windows would probably be... Oh, maybe about three metres wide, and then the void up to like, the top of the top window, so there's the two panels, um, is about six metres, I think, or just over six metres. or Yeah, about six metres because we just had the linen curtains done and <laughs> we had to measure it. Your mother-in-law did those, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, so we bought, um, we bought these 
linens from Not So Perfect on um, online. It's an Etsy store. They're from um, Europe somewhere. And we had three pairs of them in our bedroom. Um, but we're removing that um, the doors that we have in there and we're putting up some um, plantation shutters. So we didn't actually need those linens anymore and they were, we'd taken them down. They were just sitting there. And so we thought, oh, if we, like, made, like, put three of the pairs together, the length might work and it might reach the ground. So, yeah, we had them sitting there. So she took them away, got them all altered and, yeah, made those um, shears from existing ones that we had just lying around. So it really softens the space and just feels a lot uh, a lot more homely and it actually diffuses the light really beautifully as well because we have such a white space. It just does soften it down quite a bit. And now the photo I'm looking at at the moment, you've got concrete down on the floor, but I saw the other day, <laughs> Most some travertine flooring. So the room's still going. In <laughs> it's still going. Oh, my God. I, so, I think to myself, oh, if we had a big house, like, it would just be insane. Our list just keeps growing and we've got the tiniest house ever and I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it keeps going. <laughs> We're going to be, like, living on layers of stuff. But, no, we originally when we first um, built the house, we, we kept our concrete um, pad but slab, but we did a resin on it for the finish, but it seemed to go quite yellow over the years and it was just quite a dark um, colour. Um, I'll have to send you some old photos. And, um, yeah, it, they, they were really, like, shiny and dark, very different from, you know, my aesthetic. And so we thought, what about if we sort of um, grinded that off, like ground it back and maybe we could have more of a, like, lighter concrete look. But when we did take it back, it just looked a little bit patchy and um, it wasn't as um, the colour tone probably wasn't right as well. So we've lived with it for quite a while now, must be um, over a year or something, and we, we wanted to do a natural stone but nothing was really shouting out um, to us. And then recently we just learned that this um, Scala Travertine, which is quite a white light colour, it's not as beige as um, a lot of the other Travertines that are around, um, was becoming available in Perth and it, had, um, it was in a crazy pay format. So, yeah, we've been waiting for it to come in and it's finally arrived. It's in our garage at the moment. We're going to be installing it next week. So um, we're very excited for it. I think it'll be the last piece of the puzzle. <laughs> Amazing. And so I can see here too, you've got some tiles on um, like the vertical part yeah. of the step floor as well. When did they go in? So Phil did those actually. We had, uh, we got their um, handmade tiles from Anchor Ceramics and Bruce um, from there, they're a Melbourne company. He was an architect. I think he still is um, practicing as an architect. I'm not entirely sure, but he has got the company Anchor Ceramics. He has some beautiful handmade um, wares and I'm not sure if these tiles are still available I think they may just be like a custom order but I had ordered them oh maybe three or so years ago wanting to put them on the splashback in the kitchen which the kitchen's still going to but um we did a section I must have ordered incorrectly or worked out the quants incorrectly because we had so many left over and um so we thought well because um, the concrete was just concrete pad, it wasn't really ever finished off and it was quite, had holes and termi mesh and just all this sort of stuff. It just never looked right. It wasn't finished nicely. So um, we had an idea to put them on the on the risers of the steps there and then they also go up on the steps, um, the white staircase up to the second floor. So, 
Yeah, Phil did those and because they're handmade, they're a little bit tricky to lay, but we just, um, yeah, we love the the finishing detail of that. Do you know what? That makes me feel so much better because I have boxes and boxes of way tiles that I over-ordered and you know what? I thought I was the only one that did it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm the worst. I always tell people to double-check. Double-check now my measurements, everything. Check on site. Just don't, don't trust what I'm putting out there because... I don't know, sometimes like human error. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I just, you know, 10% is what you need. If you have yeah. 40%, it'll be safe and sorry. I know, you can always find something to use them for, I swear. <laughs> exactly right. Now, we're going to talk more about um, how you styled and furnished the space. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of different um, lounges on there, which I'm guessing are for shoots and things. But when it's just you guys at home with the family, mm-hmm. um, what kind of lounge and seating space do you guys have in there? So we have. So what we have in the photo, I think the one that you're looking at is um, is how we actually live there. It's all white, yeah. and people um, usually comment, going, "Oh, you're going to regret." It going to regret that but um the one tip that I would have is if you are going to be getting a white couch um, make sure all of the covers are removable so with the one that we have in our space uh, I can take the whole thing off like even the exterior of it not just the cushions uh, and we just pop them in the washing machine with a good like white um or even just a good um laundry detergent and they come up like new every time so uh, yeah, we're pretty lucky with Seb. He's not like a real grotty kid, but but he is a kid still. Like there's yeah, there's always like yeah. something on there. Um, but yeah, we yeah we just find that yeah we wash them and they come out really good. So they're really durable, even though they look like they'd be um, yeah really hard work. They actually work really good for us. And um, we're even thinking about getting something similar for upstairs in the um, like the living room upstairs as well. So, yeah, we lo- we love the white space, and um, yeah, it seems to work for us. But yeah, you just do need to do a little bit more cleaning. Absolutely. And now, for someone else who may be designing a space like this, which is quite small, we see on Instagram a lot of the time lounge rooms just getting bigger and mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. What's your number one tip or your essentials for creating a smaller living space like this one? I always say to just overscale everything. So you'll see in the images that the couch is quite big, like it's bulky, like you can put your drink on the side of it. Um, it's quite substantial. And it, so by doing that, I feel that it makes the space feel um a lot more spacious if that makes sense so if we were to put like a small chair in there and a small like two-seater settee or like a love seat or something I think it would accentuate the smallness of the size of the space um so make things feel really generous like the rug we have goes from like wall to the concrete bench um just making everything feel a lot more generous uh, and then keeping things to a minimum. So we have the white couches and the white rugs. So the white space, I guess, makes it feel more airy. And then the um, darker coffee table just to create a central point. Uh, And then we've got a big low concrete bench, which is quite wide as well. So again, like accentuating a bigger size uh, with some overscaled line line work drawings on there just I think keep things to a minimum but anything you have make it feel big 
Well, Mon, thank you so much for chatting to us about your space. I really appreciated it. There was fantastic insight there. For people who are working with those small spaces and those who want to incorporate their outdoor and indoor spaces as well, we love seeing what you create and we can't wait to see what you do next. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lauren. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.